Good day, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Cliff Notes on the Global Manufacturing Picture. My name is Cliff Waldman. I'm the host of this show, one of many on Manufacturing Talk Radio. This is the show where I help keep my audience who has an interest in the outlook and the the status of the U.S. manufacturing sector up to date. What does the latest data show? What does the outlook show? I'm going to call this episode The Darkness and the Light because, as I will explain, we're not just at one fork in the road. We are at three or four forks in the road. That makes the outlook almost decidedly and almost completely uncertain. And I'll give you my take on what the outlook is. It's an interesting crossroads for a U.S. manufacturing sector that has been struggling to recover from a terrible pandemic-induced crash in March and April of this year. Let's start with the latest data. This morning, the Federal Reserve released its October report on industrial production, activity in the manufacturing sector as well as mining mining and utilities for the month of October. And actually, after some decidedly slowing and disconcerting numbers on manufacturing production in August and September, we had a pretty nice bounce back. Manufacturing, U.S. manufacturing production rose by a solid 1% in October. There was significant strength in a lot of areas that feed into a lot of U.S. manufacturing supply chains. Strength in things like non-metallic mineral products and primary metals. After a strong string of gains, machinery output slowed, but it remained positive. That suggests that business investment might be slowing, but remains somewhat on track, a good sign. Auto output has been weak since about August, but this is after a spectacular rebound in May, June, and July that followed from pandemic-induced shutdowns, actual shutdowns of factories, of auto factories. We have never seen any of this before. So some good news for, from, the industrial, from the Federal Reserve's industrial production report. Strangely, though, there remains a, an odd dichotomy between output and employment that is not fully explained by the data or by any analysis that I have seen, and I will suggest a few things here. In April, we had a job, we had a big jobs crash in the U.S. economy at that time, and we had a jobs crash in the manufacturing sector. In April alone, the U.S. manufacturing sector lost 1.3 million jobs. In May and June, we started to have a reasonably paced recovery, given that spectacular loss in April. The average U.S. manufacturing employment gain for May and June was 287,000. Then it really hit a wall 
it start, even though manufacturing output was go, moving forward but at a slowing rate, we really had a big slowdown in the jobs um, momentum starting in July. And in fact, the average U.S. manufacturing job gain for July through October was 42,000. In or in September, we had 60,000 jobs added in the manufacturing sector, double what it was in August. We thought perhaps that maybe job gains were starting to accelerate a little bit. Then they fell back in October to 38,000, even though, as I just explained, we had a pretty solid number in output gains in manufacturing in October. The question is why and what does this suggest? I mean, the average of 42,000 from July through October means that we are going to take a very long time, an unusually long time, to recover from that 1.3 million job loss in manufacturing that we had in April. So while output is still below year-ago levels, still below February levels, it's recovering. Jobs, not so much, not at all. We don't. There's, there's no full recovery on the horizon at this rate. I would suggest that there are two things going on here. <clears throat> One is supply chain disruptions. The virus surging, the virus coming, the virus going, and the virus surging <clears throat> is certainly creating disruptions to supply chains and making it difficult and challenging for manufacturers to bring in their full workforce. Remember, factory workers can't work from home. They have to have a setup where it's possible to do that social distancing, to wear those masks, even in the very structured production environment of many factories. That's a, that's a difficult challenge. I admire them for even having to, to think about this. Second of all, even though output has been recovering in the manufacturing sector, I think there are still a great many confidence issues about what's happening in the world, where the world is going with a crippling pandemic that, at least for now, seems to be getting, if, if anything, much worse. So while you're seeing some recovery in output before they bring in those extra workers. It's expensive to hire. It's difficult to hire. They they want to see what's going on. So it and it, but nonetheless, you have to assume that there has to be a certain amount number of workers to facilitate a certain amount of production. So there is some mystery here. There is some dissonance here that makes these data somewhat uncertain. You have to take all of this in the in a once-a-century pandemic environment with a bit of a grain of salt, folks, and that's just the way it is. So with manufacturing still 3. manufacturing output still 3.6% below year-ago levels, and manufacturing job gains unusually weak, relative to what is needed for a recovery from the April crash. Question is, what now? What is the outlook going forward? Almost at the end of the year, the great deal of interest in what the outlook would be for at least early 2021. What now? 
And now it's time to talk about those unusual forks in the road. First and foremost, we have the fork of, on the one hand, a dramatic third-wave surge in uh, COVID, in COVID cases in the United States and in Europe, certainly. But at the same time, we have the promise, the great promise, the accelerating promise of a pandemic-ending vaccine, a, a huge fork. I would say that in terms of translating those two things into economic terms, the COVID surge is going to slow consumer spending. And we're going to see in a second that it already has. The vaccine promise may help business investment because it puts an end. To it, it creates some visibility on the pandemic. It creates in our minds, a time, probably late next year, when the pandemic will get by us, thank God. So that's one fork in the road. The second fork in the road, because we, and because we're talking about manufacturing, we have to talk about the global picture. We have China, a humongous market for U.S. manufacturers, recovering, and recovering both in terms of controlling the virus and recovering economically. But on the other hand, you have Europe. You're also a humongous market for U.S. manufacturing. It had a good you know, uh, GDP surge in the third quarter, but it's dealing with a terrible resurgence of the virus, as is the United States, and its, its economic outlook, therefore, at least short term, is uncertain. What about that third? Now let's go to a third fork in the road. The election, a very contentious United States presidential and congressional election, is finished. That should be a good thing for uncertainty, but there are political uncertainties that remain right now, particularly as they relate to the composition of Congress and specifically the Senate. That'll matter a lot to policies. So there's uncertainty. That's a fork in the road there. And finally although we're tired of hearing about this, you have to keep emphasizing that there's much, we need stimulus greatly, but it just, at least for now, at least today, it doesn't look like we're going to get any kind of pandemic relief kind of stimulus before the end of calendar year 2020. Boy, that you put the four of these together and some as I explained, some slightly odd dissonances in data. And you have the definition of uncertainty in terms of the outlook. What am I suggesting for the outlook? The most powerful force here is the vaccine. We have seen data, clinical data on the efficacy of the vaccine that surpassed all scientific expectations. It's an exciting development. And, it'll, and it's a development that's going to have implications even once the pandemic has passed. And I think, as I'll explain in another show, I think implications for ma manufacturing in the coming decade. But for now, the most exciting development is that vaccine. So it, and be, because it puts in something of a cap on our visibility on the pandemic, 
probably towards the end of next year, it'll pass us by, thank God. It's going to help with business investment because business investment in people who make investments, who take risks, add new machines to their factory, whatever, hire, uh, do so by looking out into the future. They do it not because of what they think is going to happen tomorrow, but what they think is going to happen six, nine months from now. So therefore, the, the COVID surge, bad for consumer spending. The um, vaccine, good for investment. So I think we're going to have the following. We're going to have a choppy winter. The, the data on the winter economic growth are going to be on again and off again, but they're going to, generally speaking, be weak. There's too much weighing against positive activity for the remainder of 2020 and, let's say, the first two or three months of 2021. And or, But I think after that, once the vaccine gets out there, once the winter has passed us, once things start to happen – that start to look like the pandemic is receding, we'll see a recovery that will be slow at first and then accelerating after that. That's my general forecast. I have to tell you, though, already we are seeing signs of winter choppiness. This morning, the Census Bureau released retail sales uh, and they slowed. They slowed last month dramatically. Uh, and while motor vehicle and parts, building materials, and non-store retailers were positive, many, many other categories, sporting goods, beverages, clothing, general merchandise stores, were weak. So actually, the top-line number, the gain of 0.3%, in some ways over-exaggerated the strength of consumer spending. It's starting to look like it was another positive gain in consumer spending, and that's important. Let's put it into perspective, but it really looks like and we're getting into a holiday time where the consumer that is getting somewhat weaker and understandably so. So that at least reinforces the first part of my uh, forecast, weakness in the winter. That'll mean weakness you know, in the winter through, Mar- uh, through February, March, and probably choppy numbers in U.S. manufacturing. But then a better spring, slowly at first, and accelerating into the back half of 2021. That's what I'm thinking for the economy, and that generally is what I'm thinking for U.S. manufacturing. But we'll keep you on top of things. That's my concern. It's a difficult, confusing Really rather remarkable time. This is Cliff Waldman saying, we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.